Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. You get the power because you're coming in not with potential, because somebody believes in you. They're coming in with business, with results, with a track record, with a reputation that they know that they can bank on. That's what every songwriter is going to need and every indie artist is going to need in the new music industry, which is why we named it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. And the genius that came up with that is my good friend and my co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum. Joe Nichols and more. And Brent also helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he connects you with the pros so you can develop relationships and get a shot. You can find Brent super easy at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for who? for their indie artists. They do this by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities and through the power of big words here, digital marketing data, they have attracted a number of investors for their artists. Investors are the money people, folks. Investors like numbers because numbers don't lie because numbers can't talk. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That is production singular and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. A little caffeinated. Went to bed too late. Got up too early. (laughs) Well, this is going to be exciting. What are we going to learn today? We are going to sit down and have some golden advice from a platinum publisher. Had a a cool meeting with the publisher. Going to dive into that and basically just pass along the wisdom, man. This is an active hit music publisher getting cuts, getting singles. And this is what this publisher has to say. This is advice. So if you want cuts and singles, you want to get in the songwriting game, this is stuff that is news you can use. That's it. News you can use. Love it. Well, before we do that, let's get into a little bit of business here real Mm -hmm. quick. Uh, As always, the Climb Podcast is proud to partner with Disc Makers. They've been supporting indie musicians before indie music was even a thing. And when you're ready to make CDs, DVDs, some vinyl records that are coming back or those really cool customized USBs that I'm just in love with, go to discmakers.com, D-I-S-C makers.com. It's the only place that you need to go. And while you're there, check out the guides and resources tab and download some of their extra Excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and studio veterans. You can find them online at www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. That's right. And if you haven't joined the Climb community, please do so. By the way, big shout out to everybody who's been doing like tons of referrals. Right. Yeah, been, I mean, we can, like, it's like four or five people just get 10 people each to yeah. come into the climb community. And that's the best way. Right. That's like, so thank you to everybody who's done those referrals. And if you haven't joined, ask to join on Facebook. We, we let everybody in who asks be good boys and girls or we will roadhouse you. But this is a great community. Lots of people talking about songwriting, marketing, promotion, and, and just getting business done in their own lives with their own art and getting a lot of help from other people. It's busier than any other Facebook. Uh, I mean, I put us up against any other community. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Our, our community is good and active. And it was nice. Uh, I saw one the other day and, and somebody, somebody tagged me in a post in some other you know songwriting group. Someone asked about, Hey, what are cool podcasts you like to listen to? And they tagged yeah. us in the climb and also our buddy Wade Sutton. Yeah. Podcast, uh, which we also recommend we're buddies with him and he does good work. And, and so that's just good seeing people, you know, saying, Hey, this is helpful. And so, which the cool part is, they must think we're being helpful to say that. And so that's really good. Thank you guys for right, spreading the word. Yeah, we, we, we don't make enough money to pay all these people off. Exactly. <laughs> not, off not off this, no. But hey, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Take, take 30 seconds and leave a five-star rating and review. Tell everybody what you think. That lets other people who are you know, just looking in through the window, doing a little window shopping, uh, know that we're legit. And then finally, tell a friend. Share it on your social media. When you share it and you've got something to say about it, all those people who know, like, and trust you will give us a shot. And if we're providing any kind of value for you as a singer, as a songwriter, as an indie artist, then we can provide value to them too. So that's all I got to say about that. I'm I'm excited to learn about the, the platinum publisher here. Some golden advice from a platinum publisher. That's right. This is coming from a play for a publisher event we had last September with John Ozier of Olay Music. And so the songwriting pro brought to some some great songs. You know, we do this event where you send songs in, they get them down to the top ten, play them for our publisher guest. And then he gives feedback and we do some, you know, back and forth with, with the folks. And so that's on my mind because this is going on again. Uh, with a new publisher, but this is one we had with John Ozier. So we had 10 uh, members of the you know climbers and, and songwriting pro community sit down with John online and he listened to their songs. And this is, this is uh, some paraphrase feedback and wisdom that was in that hour and a half meeting. So I thought it was super helpful. And so this is not everything that, you know, he covered, but it's some good pointers out of there. So I thought we'd dive into it and share the love. Share the advice with the community. All right. You want to go ahead and launch on in here? All right. Yes, sir. Number, uh, number one. <laughs> number one. Again, this is all kind of paraphrased, but the, the gist of it is, is correct, right? So if, if I say something wrong, that's on me, not on John. He said, you can never have a bad meeting if you play great songs. So John tries not to cast his songs too much. He just takes in his best songs. So meaning like for him to go ahead, like have an A&R meeting you know, meeting for pitching songs for an artist. Obviously, you want to bring your best stuff to a publisher meeting, but, you know, you can get so focused on casting your songs, meaning, okay, you know, this label is looking for Kenny Chesney, so I got to get what I think is exactly my best Kenny Chesney songs. He's like, he tries not to do that, overdo that. He just tries to bring great songs, like the best songs he has. And so there's there's kind of a balance there. But I thought it was so interesting. Hold on a second. He, so he's yeah. talking about when he's pitching the, the, his writers and his publish, the publishing company he works for or yes. doing or, or plugging. So he's talking about his pitching to what he does. producers, A&R people, artists. artists. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, 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 cool. Go on. Yeah, right. so yeah, you can never have a bad meeting if you play great songs. Because when you leave, all they're going to think about is, man, those are good songs. Like maybe they got nothing out of it. Maybe there mm-hmm. wasn't a song that they could use for Kenny Chesney in that meeting. But they're like, God, those are great songs. Right, like, okay, he got great songs. Maybe it didn't work for this project, but man. Yeah. You yeah. know, sometimes they have that drawer, like, let me go back to this, the back to drawer, you know? Yeah. And, let me hang on to this. I don't, you know, it's it's not the worst thing in the world when someone goes, man, I don't have anything, anyone for this, but it's man, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's not the best thing that can, they can say. The best thing would be that's great and I know exactly who it's for. So, but it's not the worst thing. You know, it's like I've had meetings before. And so this is me, Brent. I've had meetings before where I've aimed right at the artist. But it just wasn't a great song. Mm-hmm. That's kind of useless. Yeah. yeah. Then you're like, yeah. So they know like, okay, he has an idea what this artist does, but it's not great. <laughs> 
that's, yeah. that's useless to them. But I think it's the same goes for a publisher meeting. You know, you might say, well, I'm trying to write, you know, bring in my best, you know, radio country songs. And, but if those just aren't great, you're better off bringing the thing that's left to center that you like, I don't think this is really exactly what they're going for in country music these days, but it's awesome. It's going to have, a, you're going to have a better meeting. If you play something awesome, then if you just play something that's, yeah, I mean, that sounds like radio, but just not nearly as good, <laughs> you know? So John said a lot about that. Uh, something else he was talking about, just writing honesty. He said, don't cast your song. So again, there's that term casting, which is like you, like casting a, an actor in a role in a movie, right? So we got this kind of character. So we need a Robert Downey Jr. character or, you know, actor, or we got this kind of lead. So we need a, you know, Chris Evans, or we need a Brad Pitt or whoever it is. So that's kind of what you're doing with your songs. You're casting going, this is a perfect Kenny Chesney song or this is a perfect Brad Paisley song or whoever. So he said, don't cast your song so much when you're writing it, like thinking, who can cut this? I'm going to write it like I think Blake Shelton's going to like or Carrie Underwood's going to like. Don't do that so much that you end up faking it while you're writing the song. So write honesty. Because there, you know, there's no cookie cutter way of writing a good song. So you want to figure out what makes you different as a songwriter and then you want to do more of that. So I thought that was interesting. We can get so up in our heads going, okay, I got to write this like I think whoever, artist, you know, yeah. Miranda Lambert's going to like that I end up faking it. And not writing from my heart, but writing so much from the head, just trying to, you know, so it becomes like a, you know, those, those actors, there's a, there's a season there, I guess maybe I just watched more TV where, you know, and I was staying up late and you see these, you know, late like B movies that are just not quality movies, but it would be like some famous actors, like less famous, less attractive, less talented brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Don Swayze. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Don Swayze that was in some movies. Look, All the looks yeah. went to Patrick. Yeah, exactly. I can tell he's a Swayze, but a little more sway than Z, you know. And <laughs> or you know, there's a Joe Estevez. Oh, there's another Estevez brother, like Emilio Estevez. And I did not Martin even Sheen. know that. Is that, is that Martin Sheen? Another kid from Martin Sheen that we haven't heard of. There's a Joe, and you can no call way. some Estevez in I there. I never even knew that. <laughs> and exactly, but he would get some role. So you don't want to be, sorry, Joe, you may be a great person. You don't want to be the Joe Estevez of, of bringing in like radio <laughs> If you have something else that's awesome, but just left of center. Yeah. So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. But yeah, you don't want to get so concerned with, will artists X say this and, and all that stuff that you end up taking all the heart out of your songs. It's better to come in with heart and, you know, this is me talking, better to come in with heart and too many rough edges than instantly forgettable. Can I expand on that for a second? Yeah, man. You know, another way to say that is branding. Branding, yeah. If you're casting your songs too much, if you're too much up in your head trying too desperately to do what is happening currently in the market and mm -hmm. you're you know a decent songwriter you're mm -hmm. you're gonna do it like you're gonna you're gonna homogenize it right and yeah. your brand is gonna be like everybody else's that's trying to do the same thing because everybody's afraid to sort of be just a, like you said a little left to center yeah but it's not gonna be as good because it's not gonna be the 180 proof <laughs> a version of that. Yeah. So think about it from the other aspect. Like think about it from, let's say the people around Kenny Chesney. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who, whoever Ozier is going to pitch that to. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's Kenny himself. I don't know. It just depends. But if during that meeting, the audience, let's say it's Kenny Chesney or one of Kenny Chesney's people is thinking, ah, this sounds like everything else. Mm -hmm. Even if it's decent, it's kind of like, wham, wham, wham. It's forgettable. You know, gets lost. Yeah, it's forgettable. So they're looking as much as they can. They're looking for something that's comfortably left to center, right? Mm -hmm. But but if you walk away from that meeting 
And they're just like, man, there was nothing that we could get for Kenny, but they're a little butthurt because the songs are so good. And like, right. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish these did work. Cause right. I mean, so, yeah. so then what's the brand? Like, what's the memory that you're leaving in their head? You're, you're leaving like, wow, that we really got some good stuff here, but it's not, it's not what we're looking for. I mean, that is, you know, we've kind of talked about that before with, with publishers where if you're trying to come in and, you know, you want to be careful in the songs that you choose to pitch when you get your first pitch meeting as a mm-hmm. writer going into, to a publisher, but you want to bring your best songs. Like even if you've got something that you feel would be more commercially viable, but it's not number one in the hit parade or in the top five of your songs, there'll be a time to get to that. And it'll mean much more Mm -hmm. than if you lead with that. You want to lead with this stuff. So they're like, man, I don't have anything for this, but are you in town? Next time you come back to town, stop by the office. Like, cause they know that you're a good songwriter. Right. Yeah, and that's the important thing. I think when, you know, I've talked before about being, it's better to be too real for radio than too vanilla. And, and I think for me, like Monday morning church was that kind of thing for a while until it ended up on the radio. But, you know, where people would hear that and go, whoa, okay, there's a songwriter in there. Like, I don't see this ever being a single, but there's yeah. a songwriter in there. You know, yeah. those kind of things where you're daring and you go for it, right? With whatever it is to go, okay, well, that was different. That was unique. You know, that's what people look for, different, unique, your own thing. You have a voice, you have something to say. I, I think our buddy um, Tim Hunsey's talked about that before on different stuff. It's like, yeah, a writer that has something to say. And if it sounds exactly like everything else, it's derivative, then you haven't said anything yet that they can't get other places or other people aren't doing it. You just echo. Yeah. We don't need an echo, you know? So I thought that was interesting, you know, and talking about either maybe a little frustrated because it's such great songs, but it's just not for their artists. I was sitting down the other day with Matt Rovey and he's a successful producer, worked for years with Keith Stigall and, and working on a bunch of Alan stuff and mm-hmm. Alan Jackson stuff. And, and he's working with Craig Campbell. He's working with Kid Rock right now and some other people and Canadian artists and all this stuff. So Matt's good. And we sat down for a thing for the, the Freddie community, a, a video like interview I did with him. And, and it, we're talking about, I was asking him about his song selection process because he's on the other side of the table. You know, we've got Oger on one side, we've got like Matt Rovey on the other as the producer. Sure. And he's the, he's the typical audience. That, yeah, yeah. So cool. he's looking for songs for Craig Campbell or Alan Jackson or whatever. And he said, you know, sometimes, yeah, they'd bring in a great song, but it just wasn't for their artist. And, and that, that does, it hurts you because you're like, oh, this is incredible. But it's yeah. not, for, <clears throat> not for our guy. It's because of the lane, the branding. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I try to help find a home for them. Like, yep. you should send this over to so-and-so for their team or whatever. I'm like, that's awesome. For one thing, that Matt would, you know, cares enough about the song, like great work should get out there. Yeah. And this might be good for this other, like he, a project he's not working on. Great songs should find a home. I'm like, well, that's smart on him long-term just because he becomes a conduit place to go for great songs, but also just like honoring the work and the yeah. craft going, yeah, this should find a good home. Maybe I can help find a spot for it. Even if it's not on his art, it's not going to make him a dime. But you know what? What that's kind of like is viral content on social media, because why do people share stuff? They don't share stuff because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> just like, just like, you know, when, when you artists are out there and you're all like, you should support local music, man. No, no, you should support what you, what's cool. Yeah, And you shouldn't support local or like, you know, you should support Main Street stores. Well, Main Street stores, if they're going to compete against Walmart, got to do something cooler. Yeah, I'm going to support, you know, and so when you put viral content out, people aren't sharing it because it's the right thing to do or because they're going to make money on it. Like what Mm -hmm. they share it for is because they really like it. They genuinely like it and it makes them feel cool. 
sharing mm-hmm. it with somebody yeah. else. Right. And it reflects on them in a certain way. Exactly. So like, yeah, what, what a favor that, that is. Like if you get the next hit song, if you're producer number two and mm-hmm. you get the next hit song from producer number one, who just happened to hear it in a pitch meeting from Mosier mm-hmm. and like, Hey man, you know what? Your guy might like this thing. You need to ask him about this song, dude. It's killer. Like, you know, like coming from him, you're like, okay, all right. Yeah. You go and you do it like that's it, and then you cut it, and it's like a it's the bomb, and now you're never gonna forget that. Yeah, and you're part of that story. I mean, you know, I've mentioned it before on here, probably recently. But Scott shared was the one that pitched more than a memory for Garth, even though that wasn't a major Bob song. It wasn't a song that he was personally attached to, but yeah. he was kind of helping A and R that some but played this Lee Bryce song Lee wrote, but hadn't cut for Garth, even though Scott's day job was creative director at Major Bob Music, and so yeah. like, he pitched one of the biggest songs in history debut at number one wasn't even a major bob song but it was great and it was perfect for garth and he's like well hey and so he's a part of that story and that makes me view him differently i already had a favorable opinion of scott but just seeing that like wow yeah it's super like, cool. that's just yeah super cool like wow good ears yep. and, and a good heart to go good with heart yeah exactly not trying to squash that to try and let leverage for something that may be more immediately financially beneficial or whatever you know so yeah anyway good stuff let's move on here so Another thing that Ozier talked about was go for interesting, hooky phrasing. Phrasing seems to be what's separating good songs from great songs right now. I thought that was really interesting. And it makes a lot of sense because you hear a lot of songs on, particularly, let's say, country radio or any kind of radio. The ideas. So many ideas, titles we've heard before, right? Nothing amazing as far as that goes. Like, okay, yeah, this idea, this party idea or this whatever idea, it's nothing I haven't heard before. So it's not like an amazing, fresh angle on it. What is it? What's part of the difference? And I think this is my looking at it going, yeah, I guess phrasing and just feeling current and the energy of it, the vibe, all that mm-hmm. is what's separating that. Now, me, I'm a, I'm a fan of all hands on deck, right? So I want a great melody. I want cool phrasing like John talks about here. And I want a great idea and fresh imagery because it's that competitive. That's what we need. But I, I thought that was one thing to so go for interesting hooky phrasing. So phrasing is the the flow of the words, the rhythm of the words in the lyric and in the melody. So you have that, you know, more rappy, hippity flippity floppity, right? <laughs> you got kind of the more laid back kind of phrasing. To, so maybe something that's right on on the beat or maybe the Willie Nelson kind of behind the beat kind of thing or way, no, they're, they're behind, the <laughs> way behind the beat. Where'd that beat? I can't even see it. It's coming back around on your left. Cause I remember a, a writer and I've talked about this before on the podcast, I think trying to explain to me back when I was still back in Arkansas about phrasing. And he's like, I tell you, you know, you grew up in my dad's Baptist church because your phrasing sounds like a Baptist hymnal. Everything's just kind of right. Yeah, you need. I was like phrasing what I don't. And he's trying to explain it to me where I'd understand it, but it's the rhythm of the syllables and how it falls and rises, and that's it's the rhythm of the words. Yeah, and yeah. the melody. So yeah. yeah, go for interesting hooky phrasing, and that's a way to help stuff stand yeah. out. Also, like where it is in the in the pocket. Yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Is mm-hmm. I mean, there's, so that you got a melody, but sometimes the feel of the song can drastically change. Same melody, but if you're playing it, if you're singing it more on top of the beat versus behind the beat, like that's that's one of the things I love about Lonely Highway. One of my artists, the way they write, there's melodies and phrasing that you think you know where the song is going to go, mm-hmm. right? Because you've heard like a bunch of songs, and you just have like this sort of instinct as a like, oh, okay, and then all of a sudden, there's a, whoop, nope left turn you know you're like all right that was cool you know it's subverting expectations but yeah it's a little unexpected and that that makes it kind of fresh right yeah oh for sure yeah it's interesting you don't know exactly maybe where it's going or just something that's it's all trying to stand out in a good way you know that's just one more way to so pay attention to some of your phrasing Mm-hmm. So yeah, phrasing is another way you can stand out. Let's look at this other thing you talked about, small publishers. Small publishers cannot sign five writers who all do the same thing. They need specific skill sets. They cannot be redundant when signing writers because basically the finances don't work, right? Even if what you're doing is working, they still can't afford to sign five of them because there probably aren't that many cuts where all five of them are going to be slaying it. You know, right. they want to diversify their portfolio. And I think there's something we talked about in my last episode probably some Scott talked about too, is finding your thing that you do well and do more of that. Like they can't, they want to build a diverse roster where not everyone does the same thing. It's like diversifying your investment portfolio. Some stocks will be up, some stocks will be down, but generally, hopefully everything's moving in the right direction, moving upward. Yeah. Think riders, you know, maybe this bro thing is, you know, peak stock right now is a blue chip, and but the singer-songwriter kind of thing is not so much, but you know, it kind of helps the whole team is kind of moving up. But then maybe the bro thing kind of starts dipping, the stock value goes down to that. But this now the singer-songwriter thing is more important. You got somebody that their stuff's starting to get cut now and that kind of stuff. So if all their chips are in, you know, bro country, that may work all right for a while. But even then there's probably not enough cuts to go around for all those five riders. Yeah, and you're not, you know, well, and, especially since you're not really getting paid on cuts anymore. Right. Like you only get paid on singles. So before you probably, instead of signing just five writers as a small publisher, you could have 15 maybe and get away with it because Mm -hmm. you had all this residual income coming in like significant. I mean, when you're getting, when, when a record's selling 10 million copies and you got a cut on that record, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot of revenue for a song that, that might be a deep cut on an album that most consumers won't hear unless they own it. You know? One other thing I wanted to kind of capitalize on that is because this is near and dear to my heart because I lived it. It happened to me, but I was just talking about this with, um, I mean, kind of back to Lonely Highway, Mm -hmm. talking to the guitar player, Bruce. Like, so when, when I was an artist, 
I, I always want to be George Lynch, right? Like that's just mm-hmm. was my hero. Like I love that guy. Like I just still, he freaks me out the way he plays. Like it's just so, uh, it just gets me going, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to be that shredder and I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours trying to do that, but I never had the right hand to be like a shredder shredder, right? Mm-hmm. I was a good guitar player and I could do some cool stuff, but I can't, you know, I can't do the Ingbe or the George Lynch or the, you know, the Steve Vai stuff. I just wasn't going to be able to pull that off. And it used to frustrate me, but I just would just keep trying to punch through, punch through, punch through and carry that football into the end zone. And it never happened. I was like banging my head against the wall. And then one day I'm in the studio with our producer, uh, Bud Snyder from the Allman Brothers. And, and I had this sort of outro guitar lead in one of our songs. And what I did was I, I wrote it, right? So it was like this melodic, super tasty, cool solo that I could play the fire out of it because of all the time I spent practicing mm-hmm. my guitar. And yeah. but it was like moody and it was like perfectly cool. Like, right, it just totally, and for the first time ever, I saw Bud like jump up from behind the, the console, from behind the glass going, see, that's what I'm talking about. We need more of that right there. Like, huh. like so, so then it hit me like, oh, this is who I am. And the reason I'm saying this because you, you talk, you just triggered that, in my, my, that memory in my head when you're like, figure out what you do really good and do more of that, mm-hmm. right? So instead of me trying to be mediocre or less than mediocre as this shredder in this lane over here with my talent, I, f- I do this really good. Like I got a really good ear for writing cool guitar melodies and stuff and I would do that. And that added super cool strength to the song and it was juxtaposed nicely against Daryl, our guitar player, who was a shredder. Yeah. And then, so there was a balance. There was like some salt and some, some sugar and it just works. And so, man, sometimes we get in our own way trying to be something that we really, really want to be. And we're not Mm -hmm. paying attention to what we really are. And this, this thing over here is where you should be. This is where, what you should be doing. You know? So there's a conversation I had with Bruce, like, dude, like write your leads. You know, you're just (laughs) like me. Like you're not just going to go out there and improvise and blow everybody's mind. And and you look unconfident when you do it, but when you know what you're going to play, you freaking monster. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, you're undeniable, right? So, so it's just a, it's a mental thing. And once mm-hmm. you, once you have that epiphany, all of a sudden you're like, oh, and then, man, your world starts to change. And it's the same thing for songwriting, like knowing that, okay, this is what I do really well. Mm-hmm. And then digging, you know, doubling down on that. So, yeah, I, I think of, yeah, we're both football fans. So like Aaron Rodgers, he can improvise. Brett Favre could improvise. Yeah. Not every quarterback can do that. Some quarterbacks are just like, give them the reads of progressions, boom, and they'll kill you. They yeah. will just, pick you apart like surgeons yeah other people really shine when stuff breaks down <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's like oh my gosh i can't believe that just happened but you got to know your roles I, so i was listening to a, you know i'm a razorbacks fan and and someone was talking about you know darren mcfadden he's one of the greatest football players ever come through arkansas he's like runner up for the heisman two years in a row and went on playing the pros and stuff he's a running back best player on the team and gus malzahn was who's now the head football coach at auburn but he's he's an arkansan and he was the offensive coordinator and one thing they, they worked really well on was getting the ball in the hands of the best playmaker, right? Yeah. Design your plays, get the ball in the hand of your best players. Yep. And so that they started doing, you know, the wild hog or what's commonly known as the wildcat where, you know, Darren McFadden is a running back. What yeah. they do is they just take the quarterback the out, hike <laughs> the ball directly to him because yeah. boom, and he could – he could do option. He could hand it off to another All SEC who became a pro running back, or our fullback, who, fullback who also 
went to the pros. Or he threw several touchdown passes, too, because everyone sucks in when he acts like he's going to run it, and then he just lobs it over the top for a touchdown. And it was like, get the ball in the hand of your best playmaker. If your best playmaker is, you know, groove, stank guitar, whatever, you know, get your ball in the hand of best playmaker. If it's stuff that's good. I like that. I like that. Get your your ball in the hands of the best playmaker. Be who you are. Like your thing, Johnny, was that tasty, melodic lead thing that you'd worked on and and not the other thing, not the Steve by Shredder thing. Like, that was your best playmaker. Yeah. And that's what your producer was telling me. Get the ball in the hand of your best playmaker. Yeah. Find yeah. out what you do really well and do more of that because you're not going to beat the other team because this is competitive. I'm trying to be a watered down. We really want to be the Patriots or whatever, but we don't have Gronk. And we don't have yeah. – we need to do something else. We need to get the ball in the hands of what, – what do we have? Oh, we got these – this kind of – we can run this play and you can't stop us even if you know what's coming because we got the, the, the personnel and the talent for that. Okay. Yeah, like no, the team knows what's coming. If they can't stop it, <laughs> the, the best way to kind of, I think, maybe articulate that is just pay attention, keep your eyes open for the impact when you do yeah. something and it creates impact in a writing a needle. And and when it creates impact, like when we're tracking, and my producer's like, "Oh my god!" and I got him excited. I'm like, "What really?" Like, because I'm like, "This is what I." Uh, I'm kind of frustrated with myself that I'm like resigned to this. You yeah, kind of yeah. feel like you're settling, like, oh, yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> that's what I felt like, I think, a little bit. And now I'm like, I'm such an idiot, you know, what I mean? like, because mm-hmm. that's really cool. Like, that's a memorable lead more than, you know, like all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Like, it was just really, real tasty and melodic. And, and so, when, but things, I see this happen all the time with artists. Like, probably a good portion of my creative development comes from going out and watching artists and being like, hey, you probably don't realize this, but you're, you kill it right here. Mm-hmm. You should do more of that, you know? Yeah. And then, and then it, uh, most artists will take that and put it in their back pocket. And some get a little wound up because that's they're trying to be the shredder. And they're not, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, dude, like, I'm just telling you, like, this is where the impact is. This is where people stood up and saluted. And over here, they kind of get a little lost, you know? Yeah. Like, you're just not, they're not connecting with you doing this. They're connecting with you doing this. And that's mm-hmm. like, so, so when you go in and, and as a writer and, and, you, and you know what you do have a couple of those big bullets ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, and I think that's true. Ready. And as a, as a writer looking, when you build your co-writes just to maybe keep things fresh and from being exactly the same, running the same play over and over and over again, which there's still some value again, it doesn't matter if they know what's coming, if they can't stop it. But yeah. that's why God made co-writers. Like I want my co-writers to do what they're great at. I want yeah. them to, I want to put the ball in the hands of the best playmaker for what they do. So like just the, uh, I guess two days ago, I was writing with a guy that has a ton of success in the Southern gospel world, just kills it. Okay. So, cause I've been doing more of that and I'm not bringing him a country idea. I'm not bringing him a CCM idea. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing him like, I got some Southern gospel ideas. Why? Cause you get cuts out the butt. <laughs> like yeah. You get cuts up and down day and night. You know what you're doing. Yeah. And so, well, yeah. Why, why would we do something else? Like I'm going to play to your strengths. Here's the yeah. ball. You know, so and that's what we did. We ended up getting something we really like, and it's probably already getting pitched. And but with other writers, you know, then yesterday I was writing with a guy that he doesn't do that. He does he does his country stuff, and he's a producer, and he's you know. So we wrote something more for like a Eli Young band, Gary Allen kind of vibe, because mm. I got those ideas too. So I'm like, I'm throw this in your wheelhouse. Yeah, there you and, go. And so you know, letting them do what they shine at, so they can do more of what they do really well. 
Yeah. And think I'm versatile enough, which I still bring my, my thing that I bring to it. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, with co writers stuff, it helps it from all being the same song all the time. That's right. Yeah. There you go. Well, you know, and, and there's a lot of other stuff that Ozier covered that we're just not going to have time to, to get into today, but I hope this has been helpful. And the thing is, we, we have another Play for Publisher event coming up. The deadline's June 1st, so it's coming up. But we do them every quarter, pretty much every quarter. And what the deal is, the Songwriting Pro community, you can, and the climbers, you can send your song in. I'll go through them and, find, and do a lot of listening and find the 10 that I think are best suited to catch our publisher guest advice or his ears in a good way or her ears. And then we hop on a, a video conference call on Zoom, which is super simple. And, and we all sit you know, face-to-face. We've had people from around the world join us. And our publisher in Nashville and me and FaceTime, listen to the song, get feedback and, and just value bombs like we talked about today. And then a lot more that we don't have time to cover. And so yeah. there's nothing, it's, it's a real deal publisher meeting. You get to play your song for a publisher and they're going to listen through the bridge because I ask them, don't turn it off before the bridge. This matters, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so you're going to get a good listen. And if your song is good enough, at least, you know, in my opinion. So our guest coming up is Joe Dan Cornett. He's the creative director of Daywind Music Publishing and Billy Blue Publishing. So Joe Dan works in mainstream country. He works in Southern Gospel. He works in Bluegrass, Americana, Worship, and CCM markets. So a lot of markets is what he's, he's touching every day. So if you have the songs, you know, he knows what to do with them. And so he's going to be our guest. The deadline's June 1st to get your song in. If you're interested in that, you want to find out more, Best way to do it is to download my free ebook, Think Like a Pro Songwriter, at giftfrombrent.com. Giftfrombrent.com. Basically, what that does is put you on the Songwriting Pro Insiders list, and so you get notifications about, hey, here's where you can go to sign up for this. If you if you want to send your song in, because like I said, we do this every quarter, so maybe you're listening to this in the future, and this deadline's already passed. We probably have another one coming up, and so go to Gift from Brent, download the book. And you'll also get the information about when that's coming up for our next one. But yeah, and everyone who enters a song gets to watch the replay. And that's a that's big what I was value say. add. Okay, yeah, I saw that looking yeah, at I was like, what, oh, what would it be like? What would it be? What, what, I mean, how, if you've never been in a publishing meeting, in a publisher meeting, mm-hmm. or if you haven't been in a publisher meeting in a while, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like in a couple of years, like what does it sound like? Like what's going on now? What's the pulse of the industry? What are they looking right. for? What are they not looking for? Because things change, you know, mm-hmm. at one point in the 1990s, they're like, oh, well, we, we want something a little bit more like don't take the girl with three, with three acts. And, mm-hmm. you know, they start out emotional. Young, and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But now they're like, no, no, we want bro country and, and we don't want ballads. And, right. you know, I was just, I was cooking the other night with Kim and, and I put on, uh, I just don't know why I had a, a wild hair up my butt, but I'm like, play, I told um, A-L-E-X-A. I don't want to mention the name. because yes. But uh, I yeah. told her to play Colin Ray. And it wasn't the right vibe because right? every single Colin Ray song, except for a couple, is like really awesome, but super sappy and slow. And he sold a <laughs> yeah. million records doing that in the 90s. Oh, yeah. God bless him. And nobody's got a better voice. I produced the man. Nobody's yeah. got a better voice. But, he knows his lane. And he yeah. just... And he washes it, yeah. yeah. And but you know that that doesn't work now, right? Like, he, like those songs, they're hardly putting ballads on, right? So, at the moment. So how, like, if you haven't, if you're a, if you've been to publisher meetings before, you haven't been to one in a while, or if you've never been to one, like, how can you not be just absolutely curious mm-hmm. <laughs> to see what's going on? And then, and then I want you to think about this: 
what was the last show you went and saw? The last artist that you went and saw, you paid money to go see live. And what did you pay for that? This is what, 10 bucks, dude? To, yeah, it's to, like 15, 15 to, bucks. Uh, f- 15 bucks to, yeah. to, to, to get your song in there. And no matter what, when you pay that money, you're going to listen to that replay, whether you're in the top 10 or not. And you're going to mm-hmm. get a ton of information on 10 different songs. Right, that are and, all good. And, and you're always going to be able to access it and go back and back and back. And so you just keep your finger like on the pulse. I mean, that's so valuable, valuable, valuable. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's like being a fly on the wall in the meeting. And hopefully you'll be one of those 10 that are in there and you get literal FaceTime with, with Joe Dan and, and get to make a connection with him. Right. Yeah. So that's valuable. People have gotten meetings coming out of these events and it's, it's an at bat, right? It's not a deal closer, but it's a door opener. And if you don't make it, which most people don't, because we capped it at 250 songs, only 10 songs make it in. So most people don't, but you still get all that value going, okay, why did I not let me learn from this? Oh, wow. This is really great advice. And so it's almost like it's worth it just for the replay. And then like as a free bonus, I might even play your song, <laughs> you know, it's really a yeah. way to look at it. like, it's really worth it. Even, even if you don't send in a song just for the replay. And, uh, and I mean, not for nothing, yeah, but you also that. get to hear the, you get to hear where the bar's at. Exactly. You know? You get to hear what everybody's doing now, like what's fresh, what's new. And, and maybe, especially if you're not like right here on music row and, and mm-hmm. if you feel like one of the challenges that you have is you're, you're on the, you're an outlier, you're, mm-hmm. you're maybe in a faded map dot somewhere and you're trying to get it kind of trying to work your way in here. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Awesome. Here it is. Understand that there's different kinds of songs out there and, and your mama loves you, but maybe you, you need to step it up a little bit. Right. You know, I've had a couple moments like that in my career where I just went and got my butt handed to me on a silver platter. Like, mm-hmm. wow, that's good. Okay. Yeah, me too. Right. So we, uh, <laughs> I just want to feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there. Yeah. But you know, I think that's, so that's an eye opener and that's what, I mean, talk about inspiration, right? Where you're just mm. like, Oh, okay. I gotta, I, you know, and you're going to learn some stuff. So anyway, I just think that's invaluable, but yeah. So um, you can get the details at giftfrombrent.com. It's free ebook. And then you also get the information about this coming up, but deadline is June 1st. But if you missed that one, don't worry. There's going to be another one around the corner before you know it. There you go. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode, guys. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so. Join the Climb community on Facebook. Ask to be let in. We let everybody in. Take 30 seconds. Leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts. And then lastly, and most importantly, if you're at the end of this episode, you're finding value in it. You obviously are, are getting something from it. Share mm-hmm. it. Put it up on your social media. Tell a friend about it. Let them know, hey, man, this thing's really happening. And this is where you need to go. So with that, guys, we, we do this. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.